Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey, friends. Thanks for joining our podcast. I want to tell you about something really new and exciting called Patreon.com slash BP Show. It's a great way to get uh, exclusive interviews with newsmakers, voicemails, personalized videos, political commentary, and early access to a special podcast called The Making of Bernie Sanders. Go to patreon.com slash BP show, patreon.com slash BP show. Giving you everything you need to fight the Trump administration. This is the Bill Press Show live at youtube.com slash the Bill Press Show. Donald Trump's worst nightmare comes true. Special counsel appointed to investigate the Russian connection. Hello, everybody. Wow. Here we go. Yet another bombshell every single day. It's something else. Bad news for the White House. Bad news for the country. On this Thursday, May 18, uh, it's our job to bring you up to date on all of it, and we do so with a pleasure. It's the Bill Press Show. Great to see you today, and we thank you for joining us as we reach out to you coast to coast with all the news of the day. And it has been a stunning uh, development uh, and cascade of uh, news out of the White House, you know, starting last week with a uh, Donald Trump firing James Comey, uh, followed the next day by his meeting with the leading Russian uh, connections to the United States, if you will, and then news that he shared some top secrets with those Russians, and then he turns around, and we find out that he had, uh, get the news that he had uh, called James Comey in long before he fired him and asked him to drop the investigation uh, Donald Trump insisting there's nothing to this whole mess yet again, and then the Department of Justice blindsiding him yesterday by appointing a special counsel to conduct this investigation. And on top of that, we learn that they knew all about Michael Flynn's dirty dealings with Turkey before they hired, and that he was under investigation by the FBI. They knew all that before they hired him as national security advisor. Every day gets worse for Donald Trump. We'll bring you up to date on all of it and get your comments on Twitter. Here's a big question. I'll throw it out there right now. Can he possibly survive four years this way? Can he possibly survive a year or four years? Can we survive four Can years we survive? This? On Twitter, your comments, at BP Show. But first... This is the Full Court Press. Just a couple of other stories making news. Bill, I am yes. sure you have walked across the Golden Gate Bridge in your life. You know what? Wow. Wait, really? 
I have driven across the Golden Gate Bridge. You've never walked across the Golden Gate Bridge? I think I did once, but not for a long time. Yeah. All right. Seriously, but I, you know, I live on one side of it. I know. I, yeah, I mean, air, I knew you. And had the driven. airport's on the other side. I just so. assumed yeah. you had walked across. Well, you know, you can walk across the Golden Gate Bridge, yeah. but if you do walk across the Golden Gate Bridge, don't do what these yahoos did. A couple of teenagers videotaped themselves dangling off of the side no, of the Golden Gate no, Bridge, no, no, 746 feet no, above no, the water. No, they no. did not have safety harnesses on. Now, here's the thing. Nobody stopped them, and they walked away. The co- really? Nobody, nobody I, was able to catch them. Now, they I'm posted. Stunned. I am, too. The uh, They posted video online of them pulling the this stunt, and officials are not happy. They want to find out who it was. As of now, they haven't figured out who it is. They were looking at the tape. They're asking if anybody knows because they want to well, find them. Well, I drove across the bridge twice last weekend, and I noticed they have these little um, little carts that are specially made. For that walkway, there's these little narrow little carts that they, the go, uh, cops go oh, back yeah, and forth because yeah, yeah. they're looking for p- potential suicide jumpers. It, this, it's, so I'm amazed that they didn't. There was a documentary a couple years ago called uh, "The Bridge" about all the people who have know, jumped off and and what they've done to sort of curb that. Yeah, like, yeah. It was, it's really hard to get over the edge, but you can do it. There's still talk. There's there's still a problem, and there's uh, they're still talking about a suicide uh, net. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, it's so kind of fun to jump into that net. <laughs> <laughs> you think it would be? I don't think it would be. French President Emmanuel Macron has talked about gender equality. Talked about it while he was running for yeah. president. Yeah. And earlier this week, he announced that his 22-person cabinet will have 11 women, just to make sure that it's equaled out there. Vive la France! Donald Trump has not done anything remotely similar to that. This guy's a classy guy. Yeah, it seems like. I think he's going to be. Uh, he's got an older, wiser woman in his corner too. That's so this it. is yeah. this is there, why. There you go. And she told him, "You do this or else, baby." Yeah. On your radio, on TV, and online. This is the Bill Press Show. Yes, for Donald Trump, just when you think it could get no worse, it does. Big time. Hello, everybody. Happy Thursday, Thursday, May 18. Here we go. The Bill Press Show. We're looking at you uh, all across this great land of ours, joining you coast to coast on so many different platforms on YouTube, youtube.com slash The Bill Press Show. On Free Speech TV, WCPT out in Chicago and the greater Chicago area. And join us on Patreon for some exclusive commentary. Uh, lots of good stuff up there, including most recently, we have our interview with Greta Van Susteren, but, and that you won't find anywhere else. That's the thing about Patreon. That's exclusive stuff. Um, but also a little interview, part of it, or a longer interview, with uh, Tad Devine, who was the chief strategist in the Bernie Sanders campaign. Uh, and soon we'll have a little interview up with Mike Briggs, who was Bernie's um, communications director in the Senate and traveled with him every step of the way in the presidential campaign. Part of our documentary that we're putting together called The Making of Bernie Sanders. It is uh, all up on Patreon, patreon.com slash BP show. With the news of the day, yes, indeed, it came down about 530 yesterday afternoon. Uh, yeah, it it is true. And we've talked about this every day this week. Just when you think you've got the lay of the land, 
as we do, getting the next day's show ready. Got it all put together. Okay, here's what's happening. Here's what we're going to talk about. There is some bombshell that drops. And it's always about 5.30 or 6 o'clock East Coast time. It came yesterday with the Justice Department, Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein, announcing that he had appointed Robert Mueller, former FBI director. He was there for 12 years. The single most respected name in law enforcement today, Robert Mueller, lauded by Democrats and Republicans, Rod Rosenstein, announcing that he had appointed, Robert Mueller had accepted to be special counsel, or you can use the word special prosecutor, in the investigation into possible alleged collusion between Donald Trump and his gang and Russian officials to influence and tilt the outcome of the 2016 election. Oh, my God, this is, to borrow Bernie's phrase, huge, huge beyond belief. And it's important to note, we weren't the only ones blindsided by this. We weren't the only ones surprised. Donald Trump is in the middle of interviewing potential new directors for the FBI when uh, his White House counsel got a call from the Justice Department telling them, not asking them, not advising them, not seeking their advice, telling them that they were appointing a special counsel. McCann, the uh, White House counsel, runs down to the Oval Office and tells Donald Trump they had 30, they were notified 30 minutes before the Justice Department made its public announcement. They 30-minute notice ahead of time. That's all the courtesy that they got. And the White House went immediately into another tailspin. But this is Donald Trump's worst nightmare because he has said so many times, there's nothing there. It's a nothing burger. There's no collusion. They're just chasing their tail. Sean Spicer, as recently as Monday in the press briefing, Press Secretary Sean Spicer, when asked about whether or not what the White House reaction would be to a special prosecutor, there's frankly no need for a special prosecutor. We've discussed this before. You have two Senate committees uh, that are looking into this. The FBI is conducting uh, their own review. And the mood at the White House was characterized uh, in the Washington Post this morning by one person who works in the Oval Office or works there in the West Wing with the president. The mood was described as chaotically dark at the Trump White House. They did manage to put out a statement saying where the president basically saying, okay, you know, uh, life goes on. You do your thing. We'll do our thing. Uh, we still say there's nothing there, but we welcome this investigation so we can put it all behind us. They're just trying to put a smiley face on what is serious, serious news, uh, deadly for them. Because think about this. First of all, it contradicts everything Donald Trump has said, right? This proves that this matter, this whole question about possible collusion, is serious. It is not a nothing burger. It is not, it, it, there, there's, there's not just smoke. There's fire, or else the just, Justice Department would not have gone out of its way to keep it going with a special prosecutor, Robert Mueller. It, it is not just smoke. It is, there's, there's fire there as well. And the thing about the special prosecutor is the special prosecutor can tie it all together, the special counsel. I mean, remember, 
Ken Starr. God, what a horrible time that was. But Ken Starr, who starts out investigating a failed real estate deal in Arkansas and ends up investigating lies told by the president of the United States about an affair he was having with an intern in the White House, which led to the impeachment of the president of the United States. So these special counsels can go uh, anywhere. Here's, here's what, um, by the way, the, the, the significance of this. Um, from CNN this morning, they looked at what the, what the federal law says, that the attorney general can appoint a special counsel whenever the attorney general, quote, determines, listen to this, this is serious stuff, determines that criminal investigation is warranted and that an investigation by the Justice Department would present a conflict of interest and that under the circumstances it would be in the public interest to appoint an outside special counsel. A key word there. They only do this when they determine a criminal investigation is warranted. Next point it makes. The special counsel this is well has has all the powers of a federal prosecutor but will do his work outside of the regular chain of command in the Justice Department. So independent, doesn't have to go through the attorney general, doesn't have to go, to go through the deputy attorney general. This is basically, uh, uh, you know, carte blanche, a blank check to go anywhere. In fact, that's one thing very important that the special counsel under that law is authorized to conduct an investigation including any matters that arose or may arise directly from the investigation. So, the, so this investigation could expand beyond just did some of the Trump people collude with some of the Russian people. It could go into the conflicts of interest in Mar-a-Lago it could go into the conflicts of interest with Michael Flynn. It could go into whether or not tr uh, Trump was trying to obstruct justice when he asked James Comey to drop the investigation into Michael Flynn. It could go into whether Donald Trump may have stepped over the line when he knew that Michael Flynn was under investigation for hiding all the money he was taking from Turkey while he's advising Donald Trump and then nonetheless appointing him national security advisor, the whole, all these things that are somehow linked somehow with Russia and could possibly fall under this Russian investigation, they are all now the purview of Robert Mueller, the special, the special counsel. Uh, it is huge. In fact, uh, you've, you've already seen some Republicans say, uh-oh, this could be the beginning of the end. This is the last thing that Trump wanted. Uh, oh, yeah. Just, just just like in case there was any doubt <laughs> about whatever influence that Trump has over this investigation as president, he would have never in a million years overseen this and okayed this and been all right with this. It's and I like the, if nothing else, the ground has shifted. I hope that there's somebody with enough balls around the president of the United States who may have said to him yesterday, you know, if you hadn't fired James Comey, this would never have happened. <laughs> and it's true. It's completely true. Because if the FBI 
were still conducting its investigation, if James Comey were still there leading the investigation, uh, there's no way they would have appointed a special counsel over James Comey. But with the FBI rudderless, without a new director right now, Rosenstein, with a lot of pressure from Congress, and give him credit, he stepped up and did the right thing. In terms of the reaction, well, I saw one headline in in Politico this morning. How would you like to wake up in the White House this morning? I'm amazed that Trump hasn't been tweeting this morning. By the way, but, he uh, has shown remarkable restraint because yeah. I thought yesterday we were going to get some tweets from Trump, and we only got one when he just sort of— uh, He said something about the Coast Guard. He was, it was the Coast Guard. Yeah, he gave his yeah. So he didn't comment on um, the, the stuff we were talking about yesterday. Uh, he didn't comment on these, uh, process, uh, on, on Mueller yet. He's He sent one tweet yesterday. It, That's it. As Gizmodo's yeah. Ashley Feinberg would say, someone took away his big boy phone. Yeah, I think someone took his big boy phone. But so this headline I saw in Politico this morning: How would you like up if you? How would you like if you're Donald Trump to wake up to this quote? Conservatives begin to whisper, President Pence. <laughs> and the story goes on that uh, many Republicans in Congress are are getting tired of defending Donald Trump. Uh, they realize that this Trump White House can't get anything done, can't do anything right. And they also realize that as members, Republican members of Congress, they can't get anything done because they're too busy just uh, responding to all these crises on the part of the White House. By the way, on this President Pence thing, some people are even saying, this Pence could absolutely get wrapped up into this as well. Pence could also fall as this well. Is, this oh, yeah. is like, I know everybody hates Trump, and that's fair. He's not a likable well, guy. By the way, I don't, want, I don't want Pence as no, president I don't want Pence either. either. But this is really bigger than Trump at this point. It is. This is really about who he sucked into that vortex. Well, put it this way. We've said this before. But if it's proven that they fixed, they rigged the election with the Russians, then they all go. Yeah. Not just Trump, but Pence, but Pence as well. But on the Republican side, John McCain yesterday, of course, he's been very, very, very critical, but very outspoken on this. You know, in terms of other shoes dropping, you always say, well, the other shoe will drop. The problem is we're dealing, I love this little imagery, with a centipede. There's something that is unveiled, the centipede, as I've said many times. Another shoe drops every, now it seems almost daily. Yeah. Indeed, it has been. It's like hourly. It has been daily, if not hourly as well. John McCain saying, you know, echoes of Watergate. Only it's now accelerated. Watergate took many months, and this thing seems to be taking hours. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Watergate did. took a long time to develop. This is just happening so fast. Perhaps the, the, the most surprising, I mean, uh, Congressman uh, Al Green from uh, Texas did go on the floor of the uh, House yesterday, uh, the first time. So big day for Donald Trump yesterday. Um, a special prosecutor was appointed in the Russian investigation, and the word impeachment was used for the first time regarding Donald Trump on the floor of the House of Representatives. This is about my position. This is about what I believe. And this is where I stand. I will not be moved. The president must be impeached. Wow. Whoa. He's Get got him. it. Congressman Al Green from Texas. But even maybe more surprising, Congressman Justin Amash from 
uh, Michigan Republican walking with a reporter here. A reporter asks him if 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 this if all this turns out to be true, right? That uh, uh, what what Comey said in his memo that he had asked him to drop the investigation that that he uh, that he was he was committing obstruction of justice. If all this is, is true, would that lead to impeachment? Here's that little exchange. Would those allegations be grounds for impeachment? If, if the allegations are true, yes. If the allegations are true, yes. And who does he have more confidence in, Donald Trump or James Comey? I think it's, it's pretty clear I have more confidence in Director Comey. Whoa, whoa. So Republicans starting to get very edgy about this. And it has been, again, a cascade of crises of firing James Comey, meeting with the Russians, giving secrets to the Russians, asking Comey to drop the investigation. On and on it goes. And now the special prosecutor uh, in charge. And on top, of, i got to keep coming back to you, if he hi- hadn't fired James Comey. But the question I think it is, you know, okay, people are now starting to talk about, you know, impeachment or will he step down or will they force him out? Will Republicans finally get so tired of defending him that, that like Barry Goldwater went down and told Richard Nixon, you've got to go. Somebody will do that for Donald Trump. And I, I, I throw out the question again that I ask at the very top of the hour. Can he last this way for four years? Not, not to mention, can we survive four years of this? Can Donald Trump last? I'm really getting to the point, and you know I haven't been there before. I've really reached a point where I don't think there's any way he can survive four years. Yeah, I know we can't. I don't think he can. I'm not sure. I'm not sure he can survive one year. And by the way, this is on the eve tomorrow when he leaves for this nine-day foreign trip. We're going to talk to Joe Sirincioni from the Plowshares Fund about that, um, what the implications of that might be. Uh, Meanwhile. There are two other related items. Uh, one is, oh, by the way, with all this turmoil yesterday, uh, the market finally realized we better not wow. have as much confidence in Donald Trump. Wow. I mean, there was sort of an unreal quality to the fact that the market kept going up and the business community kept saying, oh, we got great confidence in this guy because he's going to get rid of regulations. He's going to make it even, even though they're making more money than they ever did under President Obama. I mean, under President Obama, they made more money than they ever did under any other president. But even so, they say, oh, now things are really going to be rosy under Donald Trump. Suddenly, yesterday, they got the feeling that this guy is, that it's all a house of cards. And this guy is not up to the job. And they lost, first for the first time, uh, displayed a lack of confidence in Donald Trump. And the Dow crashed down 370 points. I want to point out, it still ended over 20,000, which is... Uh, huge, and also thanks to Barack Obama, but it did crash 370 points. The world's uh, 500 richest people yesterday lost $35 billion. Jeff Bezos fell to the number three position. Mark Zuckerberg was hit the hardest. He lost $2 billion. Yeah, Crimea River. Yeah, look, I mean, I don't exactly. feel horrible yeah, right. for these guys, yeah. but that's a when lot you're worth, of When you're money. worth $25 billion and you wake up the next morning, you're only worth $22 billion. I know. You know what? I know. Yeah, right. It kills yeah. me. <laughs> uh, I mentioned but two other related stories. One is, oops, here we go again. Uh, <clears throat> a little embarrassing. It was reported yesterday that... Uh, Kevin McCarthy, the uh, he's in a little meeting with Paul Ryan, and uh, last summer, 
last summer in the middle of the campaign, uh, and uh, Paul Ryan and some other Republican leaders, and Kevin McCarthy, the number two Republican in the House of Representatives from Bakersfield, California, he said, you know, I think there, I think there, uh, there are two guys on Vladimir Putin's payroll. There's, he's paying two of our guys. California Congressman Dana Rohrbacher from Orange County, California, and Donald Trump. Yeah, he says Putin is paying, paying Trump and Dana Rohrbacher. When this Washington Post uh, reported this, uh, the first response on the part of Kevin McCarthy was, no, that's not true. I never said that. I never said it. No, no, no. And then <laughs> uh, the Washington Post told uh Congressman McCarthy, that actually uh, you did. And there's a tape of that conversation, and we have the tape, and we've listened to the tape, Congressman. Mm. So then he said, oh, uh, that was just a uh, that was just a bad joke. Whoops. Yeah, whoops. whoops. Why lie about it in the first place if it was a, a, a joke? And on, and on the same tape, Paul Ryan doesn't deny it. Paul Ryan just says, hey, no word of this will never leave this room. No leaks. No leaks. We will not. We're not going to talk about it anymore. And nobody will ever leave this room and talk about it at all. So uh, a little embarrassing moment for the Republican leadership. Number one and number two, the Republican leadership musing last summer during the campaign that just maybe Donald Trump and Paul Ryan, Donald Trump and Dana Rohrbacher were on Vladimir Putin's By the way, payroll. I love that story. Best case scenario for them, which is the one that they're sticking to, is that this was a joke. Okay. That's fine. Let's call it a joke. It's still not okay. Like, if I was Donald Trump. Uh, Yeah. Right. Uh, it's not funny. To, I mean, I, look, I'm not trying to be act all offended by it because I'm not offended by it. But, like, that's the best you can do. That's your defense is that it's so bad and it looks so bad that you're making jokes about it. It's It's silly. Uh, indeed. Uh, and the other story uh, is that Michael Flynn, we've learned now, um, we know, of course, uh, Donald Trump did fire uh, Michael Flynn. Uh, he fired him after it was uh, revealed that uh, Michael Flynn, now as national security advisor, had lied to Mike Pence about his conversations with Ambassador Sisliak uh, from Russia, uh, saying that he told Pence that they had never talked about sanctions uh, Michael Pence, Mike Pence goes out on national television and asserts that, and then he found out that he had been not telling the truth because Flynn had lied to him. Uh, and we also know that it took eight that that it took eighteen days after acting Attorney General Sally Yates told the White House, "You got a problem with Flynn? He could be subject to blackmail because he is telling lies about what he actually talked to the Russians about." So why did they hire Flynn in the first place? Well, Flynn had another problem in that he was secretly lobbying for Turkey, uh, the country of Turkey, and did not report this on his uh, financial uh, disclosure forms, uh, taking over $500,000 from Turkey, and because he didn't report it, was actually under federal investigation for his dealings with Turkey, he the White House had first claimed that they knew nothing about this. It was revealed yesterday that actually the White House did know all about it. 
Michael Flynn had told the White House, I'm under federal investigation for some of my lobbying activity. And nonetheless, Donald Trump appointed him. So get this. This is a guy who's under investigation by the FBI for illegal activity, lobbying Turkey, not reporting it. And Donald Trump appoints him National Security Advisor of the United States of America with the top national security security clearance. What is going on? And Mike Pence then, this is from March the 9th, okay? So they found out about this back, they were notified, the White House was notified, Trump was notified about this, and Pence, on January 4, that Flynn had this conflict with Turkey and was under investigation. January 4, uh, here's Mike Pence on Fox News, March the 9th, two months later. Let me say, hearing that story today was the first I heard of it. And um, I fully support the decision that President Trump made to ask for General Flynn's resignation. You can't believe a word they say. Not one word. And the thing any is, of, any of them. Uh, everybody keeps saying, oh, Donald Trump is such a loyal guy. That's what really got him in trouble with Flynn. He's such a loyal guy, and he's loyal to Flynn. Loyalty he's is a good guy. Loyalty is great. Loyalty, if you're president, to your country would also be nice over loyal to Michael Flynn. Yeah. By the way. But, so Michael Flynn, that's where you're going, right? Oppose this military? Yeah, I was yeah. going to. Well, yeah. actually, actually, okay. actually. This is a Bill Pro no. show breaking Uh-oh. news. He, hasn't, he has not tweeted, but shout out to Reuters. They have a story this morning. I'm going to read straight from Uh-oh. it. Michael Uh-oh. Flynn and other advisors to Donald Trump's campaign were in contact with Russian officials and others with Kremlin ties in at least eight calls and emails during the last seven months of the 2016 presidential race. Current and former U.S. officials familiar with the exchange told Reuters. Uh, One more paragraph. The previously undisclosed interactions form part of the record now being reviewed by the FBI and congressional investigators probing Russia interference in the United States presidential election and contacts between Trump's campaign and Russia. So 18 different times the Trump campaign reached out to Russia. 18 times. They reached out to Russia. Now, here's the thing. If that's the case, we're not talking about Donald Trump, because I don't think Donald Trump specifically reached out to Russia. I don't even think he knows how to get online, much less send an email. We're talking about the entire campaign. So then what? This isn't just an impeachment of Donald Trump, and then we get President Pence. This is a complete total yeah. and total uh, 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 referendum on the entire uh, 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 presidency for Donald Trump. Mike, uh, Mike Pence, Donald Trump, Reitz Priebus, Steve Bannon, all of these guys. All these guys are wrapped up in this. Uh, yeah, there is uh, something else going on, too. Um, yeah. Which is, uh, I refuse to believe that Michael Flynn acted on his own. And I know on CBS News last night, uh, Scott Pelley uh, made the point that more and more people are suggesting Michael Flynn was asked to do what he did in terms of reaching out to Sergei um, Kislyak, Kislyak, and we know who asked him to do it. Boy, oh Again, boy. we'll get to the bottom of it now. Kind of feels more like this likely, is all falling apart. Huh? More likely than ever with the appointment of a special prosecutor, Robert Mueller.
We got to. Uh, we're going to explore this from every angle as we go through the morning with some uh, great guests. Uh, a little bit later, David Farenholt, Pulitzer Prize-winning journalist for the Washington Post, will be here in studio with us. Joe Cirincioni, our foreign policy guru, on the eve of the president's first um, foreign trip, will be along. He's head of the Plowshares Fund as well. But next, we welcome back a great friend of the program, uh, a hard-charging, dynamite member of Congress from the state of Illinois, the Honorable Sherry Bustos here in studio with us. So lots coming up. We're glad you're there and stay around. I will not be moved. The president must be impeached. Follow us on Twitter at BP Show. This is the Bill Press Show. Live video, Bill's commentary, the best clips from the show, all in one place. YouTube.com slash The Bill Press Show. All right, here we go on a Thursday, March, uh, May, not March, May 18, time flies. It is The uh, Bill Press Show. Great to have you with us today. Thank you so much for joining us. There's so much to talk about. And we are coming to you live from Washington, D.C., our nation's capital, where we're brought to you today by the American Federation of Teachers, great teachers of America, men and women in the classrooms, doing the Lord's work every day under President Randy Weingarten. We certainly salute them, thank them for support of the program, and so pleased uh, to welcome back a woman who's been called the secret weapon of the Democrats. Uh, She knows how to do it, uh, getting elected in a Trump red district, a Trump district from Illinois, Congressman Sherry Bustos. Hey, Congresswoman, nice to see you. Good morning, you. Bill. Thanks for having me. Everything good? It is. Nothing going on, a right? A little crazy out here, but <laughs> yeah, you know, we're, we're trying to move forward. What is your reaction to the uh, announcement yesterday that the Justice Department has appointed a special prosecutor to look into possible collusion between the Trump uh, operation and the Russian government? That it's the right thing to do. Um, uh, Robert Mueller has a good reputation. He's known as a man uh, of integrity, uh, and and that's from both sides. So I I think that's very important. He will have subpoena power. And, you know, the the hope here is that we get to the truth. And and that's what the American public wants, is asking for. And and that's what hopefully we'll get out of this. Right. Um, Do you think that... um the House and the Senate committees will continue, or everybody's going to focus now on this special You know, I, I, my understanding is that it will continue. There are offers out now for uh, uh, former FBI Director Comey to testify. Uh, it's been reported that he does not want to do that behind closed doors. I think, to his credit, that's a good idea. So we'll see uh, what comes out of that. We also... Um, House Democrats have filed what's called a discharge petition, which is asking for this 9-11-style commission uh, to further investigate this. Uh, I, we're not going to back down from that request. We think that should be going on in a, you know, parallel to what um, uh, former FBI Director Mueller gets to the bottom of. You know that uh, one of your colleagues, Congressman Al Green, yesterday uh, made a speech on the floor of the House yesterday where he used the I word for the first time. Uh, if, if, if it proves true uh, that Donald Trump really did try to shut down this investigation and ask James Comey to uh, to drop it. Would, would that, in your mind, lead to impeachment? 
Well, if, if this if that proves to be true, it be it would be obstruction of justice. Um, that's a pretty big violation. Um, you know, I'm I'm not ready to to go there now. What you know, we really um, almost at this point, and I, I know it's very early in the investigation, but we've got to go through somewhat of a healing process. Even this is not really something to celebrate in the sense that this is pretty darn bad when you look at what these allegations are. Um, you know, even President Trump having um, these the the Russian leaders in the the Oval Office doesn't invite the American press in, but has the Russian press in. I mean, just all of this on the surface is is like this strange universe going on um, here in Washington D.C. We we just need to get to the bottom of it. To what extent does this impede the ability of Congress to do its job? I gave a speech on the House floor yesterday. You were talking about um, Al Green um, using the I word. Uh, what my speech was about, it, th- this is National Infrastructure Week. Okay. <laughs> you know, not. You There's know, another <laughs> I word, right? Yeah, an important one. Yeah, and, 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 but it's not like we can celebrate National Infrastructure Week because we are not getting down to business. What, what I said on the House floor yesterday is that because of these midnight tweets, because of what's going on with the, these allegations of the Trump administration in collusion with uh, Vladimir Putin, we can't get the nation's work done. And we've got a lot of work to do. Uh, during the campaign, Donald Trump, candidate Trump, talked about a $1 trillion infrastructure project or package. And, and now that he's president and he, he had promised to be delivering this infrastructure proposal, um, you know, Mr. President, where is this proposal? We've got to get down to business. And there are so many diversions every single day. Um, we are not getting the nation's work done. And that's what we need to start focusing on. Uh, it's interesting. Last week we had in studio here, right where you're sitting, um, former Transportation Secretary from the state of Illinois, Ray LaHood. Yes, absolutely. Uh, he's, a, he's a friend. Yeah, he's a great guy. And talking about, in anticipation of National Infrastructure Week, talking about uh, all the needs that, that, that this country faces in that area and what we ought to be doing and how we ought to be hearing about it. And you're right. This week we haven't heard about that. All we've heard about is yeah. The meeting with Russia and James Comey and special prosecutor and every day it's more yeah. on this front. It, it yeah. is chaos every single day out here and it's exhausting. And uh, to, to Secretary LaHood's point, we, we've got a crumbling infrastructure, whether it's our locks and dam system along the Mississippi River, which happens to be my mm-hmm. western border, or our roads and bridges that you know we our children take their school buses in and, and moms are taking their kids to school every day. Uh, we, we've got to pay attention to this, our ports, our rail, our airports. And um, a- again, that's the kind of thing we should be focusing on rather than um, Donald Trump, uh, you know, saying things that are not true. And then we've got to, you know, prove that they're not true and just all these diversions. Well, do you feel that or do you sense or hear that same level of frustration from some of your Republican colleagues? Or are they just eager to get out there and support Donald Trump no matter what he says? I can't imagine that they're not frustrated. If you think about what we are elected to, to do, we're elected to, to get the nation's work done, whether it's transportation or, or the, the farm bill or making sure that our veterans are, are well served, you know, whatever it is. I can't imagine that they're not frustrated. What I am frustrated as I watch from, you know, the Democratic side of the side of the aisle is I don't know why any of this is labeled as partisan. We've got a president sitting in the White House with severe um, and very serious allegations that have been charged. 
and we've got to get to the bottom of it. And if you think about if if Hillary Clinton were sitting in the White House and these oh. allegations were coming out, but I can tell you as Democrats, we would still we'd say we've got to get to the bottom of this. Let's put this to rest and get to the bottom of it. But um, so I don't know why there's not the same level of outrage because this is our very democracy that we're talking about. Let's sure. get this figured out. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. You can imagine what the demands for, I mean, oh. there, the impeachment hearings would have already started. Oh, yeah, probably um, in day three. <laughs> <laughs> right, if Hillary Clinton <laughs> yes. uh, had been in the White House. What, um, can when, I, I hate I'm to sorry. interrupt, uh, I hate to oh, interrupt. No. Uh, Donald Trump did tweet. This is a Bill Press Show breaking news update. It just happened uh, two minutes ago. Donald Trump says, quote, with all of the illegal acts that took place in the Clinton campaign and Obama administration, there was never a special counsel. Counsel is misspelled, by the way. There was never a special counsel appointed. Those are the words from President Donald Trump this morning. Well, counsel spelled C-O-U-N-C-E-L. Okay. All right. So it's not I, the first time there's been a misspelling. Yeah, uh, no. All right. On phonics. Uh, so I'm sitting in the uh, White House, uh, in the East Room of the White House, when the president says that at a news conference. And my question is, Mr. President, name one illegal act in the Clinton campaign. Name one illegal act in the Obama administration. Can you name one, Congresswoman? Well, if if you think about President Obama, you know he had eight years with n- nothing, no that, scandal, zero scandals, and uh, you know I we had a great speaker who come came in and met with our our caucus a few weeks ago who said that President Obama called him in to meet with him just a couple weeks into his first administration, saying I want to have a scandal free administration. What's your advice? Because I don't want anything happening. And and funny thing is, the the guy advises him, well, don't have any fun. <laughs> but but the the point there is, you you had a guy who went in, um, knowing that he didn't want to have any kind of scandals. And and now, what, what are we? A hundred and how many days into? Hundred nineteen. Hundred nineteen. Oh my gosh! And it just it feels like you know, hundred nineteen years. But um, you know, and look at what we've had every single day. Uh, right. I'm, I mean, I'm. I'm thinking, trying to think fast, right? And, you know, I've been critical of President Obama. wrote a book where I was disappointed that he didn't go as far as I, as a progressive, would like him to go on some issues. But overall, I cannot think of one scandal. I, or certainly not one where there was illegal activity uh, at, at all. To be and, fair, there was the time that Barack Obama wore a tan suit. Oh, that's true. Oh. All right. That, yeah. Yeah. No, that, yeah. Yeah. We forget about that. <laughs> that is a dark, dark time in this yeah. nation. Thanks for that reminder, yeah, Peter. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry there, to bring up. There should have been a special counsel appointed for yeah. that. All right. Yeah. And then when you go to the Clinton campaign, the same thing. Look, they didn't run the best campaign. Duh, obviously, right? Where we are. But at the same time, it was Donald Trump who kept saying, the emails, illegal, he accused her of illegal activity, lock her up. That's not the same as doing anything illegal. In fact, James Comey, right, said it was reckless, it was careless, but there was no grounds for criminal charges. Well, and I so think she what, was investigated and exonerated. Well, and what we've seen with Donald Trump, does this surprise oh. you that he's twisted? It's no. this, the diversionary tactics no. Um, that that exactly. come out of his his tweets, and so I mean, this, this I, I'm not surprised by that. This this is where he really he he needs somebody alongside of him who to, to take his phone, over, take his big boy phone, as Jamie said earlier, away from him, and to run you know, spell check. 
Uh, and to run spell check. <laughs> Thank you. But this reflects what he said yesterday uh, at the Coast Guard Academy in his... Now, he's giving a commencement address to the Coast Guard Academy, and he has to whine. Here he is. No politician in history, <laughs> and I say this with great surety, has been treated worse or more unfairly. You can't let them get you down. No politician has ever been treated more. Richard Nixon might have something to say about that. <laughs> uh, someone, Thomas Jefferson or John Adams, if you know, or, his, or a- Abraham Lincoln. Yeah, I mean, Abraham Lincoln was assassinated. I, I, yeah, I think that counts as being treated worse. He was called a gorilla. I mean, if you go back to, you know. The, the, your if Ill- only we had tweets or sound bites from back then. Oh, huh? Can you imagine? Oh, I know, wow. yeah. Uh, I, I want to go back when, when Politico did this great profile on you called uh, The Secret Weapon, you, just identifying the secret weapon. What what secrets do you have that Democrats ought to learn from your district? Oh, I, I don't know. I, I, you know. I don't want that to be overstated by any means. What what I've done in, in my congressional district in northwestern Illinois um, has worked. I'm only in my third term, which means I've you know been out in Washington less than five years. Um, but when I'm not out here, I'm at home. And, um, and, and Bill, you and I have talked about this, but when, I, when I'm home, I'm not, you know, uh, s- sitting in my office. I, I go out, I do these supermarket Saturdays where I just talk mm-hmm. to people. I ask what's on their minds. I, I, say, I always say, I'm going to be flying back out to Washington on Monday or Tuesday. What, what do you want me to know? And I, I'm a former reporter, so I, it's not hard for me to, to have a conversation, ask a lot of questions, find out what makes people tick, what they're concerned about, what they want from their elected official. Um, you know, so I, it, it's, but, but it's that, showing up. But, you know, that sounds like automatic and easy, but it's not. I mean, a lot of people don't do that. You really it's it's all about keeping in touch right with your constituents and, and knowing what's on their mind, not what's on the mind of people here inside the bubble in Washington. Oh, it, and it is so different. And, and especially, again, in a, in a district that Donald Trump won. Yeah. And mine is mostly rural. I've got 14 counties. Um, Eleven are rural. The the other three are rural-ish, <laughs> and um, manufacturing had been a uh, just a very important part of our economy, and it slipped. Ag is our number one uh, driver of our economy in our region. Um, you know, I'm the uh, granddaughter of a of a hog farmer, and uh, you know, all of my aunts and uncles and my cousins they all farm still. Mm-hmm. So um, it's and I've lived in my congressional district for you know most of my life. So, and I've lived in Illinois all of my life. It's, yeah. it's, I, but if, so I if you it. were giving advice to, to Tom Perez, who's now head of the DNC, mm-hmm. right, as, mm-hmm. as to how Democrats can win the marginal districts or rural districts or red, mm-hmm. red districts, what do you tell them? Well, first of all, you don't talk down to people. Um, and when, when there are issues that are divisive and that are very, very personal, and, and there are a lot of those, um, I, I don't go in trying to change minds of people um, on those divisive issues. And when those come up, I go, I said, you know, here's my view on it. I understand yours. And most, most often I do understand theirs. And then I say, but let's talk about jobs and the economy, what we're going to do to grow the economy. Let's take a walk down Main Street together and, um, and figure out what we're going to do to shore up our rural communities. Um, let's make sure that our kids don't feel like they've got to leave this town of 1,200 people if, if, they, if we can find opportunities for them here. 
Um, you know, people, in the end, um, we're not all that different. We want what's uh, best for our children. We want to succeed. We, if, if we work hard, um, we want to be compensated for that. And uh, we want to be able to take a vacation every year if we can. And, and so um, I think it's talking to people, listening to people. And, um, you know, as, as, especially as members of Congress, we are compensated very well. Um, especially mm-hmm. when it compares with people in my congressional yeah, district. Yeah, yeah. And, and who pays our salary? It's the taxpayer. So we better be working hard. We better listen, and then we better do something about it, bring home results. Even though we're in the minority party, we can get results, and we got to show people that we can do well, that. I think you've proven that you can get results. I, and uh, I, I hope I, I have. Yeah, and I, I hope you're part of this uh, and a leader, in the, and I know you will be. You, you certainly will give the time to be a leader in this effort to, to really get the Democratic Party uh, back to its roots uh, and um, uh, and get back on the winning side. Yeah, I'm what passionate about it. I, I really am. And in the heartland, I think that's our path back to, to success and back to um, winning the majority in the House. And I know you've also done a lot to inspire other women like yourself to run that's for office. That's a passion, office. too. Yeah. <laughs> it is, indeed. <laughs> it's always so good to see you, Congressman. Thank you, I know you've got to run down back to the Hill. But uh, thanks for stopping by. All right. And uh, we'll see what bombshell drops today. Yeah, we'll see. Thank you, Bill. Right. I appreciate thanks you so having much. me. Thanks, Great. Peter. Thank you. Thanks. All right. We uh, will continue our conversation. By the way, uh, this 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 tweet today, uh, I got to tell you, that is, <laughs> let's see, that is uh, the craziest thing. I mean, I mean, he, yeah. Here, again, a couple of takeaways. Hello, Mr. Perry. What? First of all, look, he accuses the president of wiretapping, right, uh, his office, and never with no evidence. He accuses Hillary Clinton of. Um, of breaking the law with the emails with no evidence. He accuses three million people of voting illegally in the last election with no evidence. And now he's accusing, again, Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton of illegal activity and nobody appointing a special counsel without any evidence or naming one single act that was an illegal act. How can you have a president of the United States who just makes yeah stuff, stuff up, up, let me say? I want to read this tweet again. With all of the illegal acts that took place in the Clinton campaign. All of them. Right. All of them. Which were, I, I mean, do you think that was underreported or underlooked at, what Hillary Clinton did with her campaign? And the, let's, I assume he's talking about the emails. Do you think that that was not covered enough? It's funny. I covered every day of that campaign. Uh, I just read the book Shattered. Uh, I, again, I, I, name, name, name me one illegal activity. All right. So illegal acts took place. I think, in- yeah, you, I think you're right, though. You're under something. There's one day that Hillary wore a white pantsuit yeah. when uh, she should have worn a blue one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Illegal uh, act. Yeah. Uh, well, the illegal acts took place in the Clinton campaign and the Obama administration. Oh, yeah. right. There was never a special counsel appointed. And again, I know it's low-hanging fruit to make fun of him for not being able to spell the word counsel, but he did misspell counsel. And also, he admits, yeah, he's right. Yes, there was never a special counsel appointed to take a look at it because- they, they weren't flirting with criminal activity. By the way, as I was reading that tweet, another Trump tweet just came out. Yeah. Uh, very I'm, easy. He just says, this is the single greatest witch hunt of a politician in American history. Let that, let that sink in for a second. Oh, yeah. This is Again. the single greatest witch hunt right. of a politician. Does he not remember history. President Obama's presidency? My, uh, my well, God. does he not remember Bill Clinton uh, and... Uh, and uh, Ken Starr, does he not remember Richard Nixon and Watergate? Um, but here, here's what's happening. Once again, 
Donald Trump the next morning is undercutting and contradicting everything that the White House said the night before. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's just remind ourselves. Okay. He fires James Comey. Why? White House says fired Comey because Comey violated the rules of the Justice Department and basically was unfair to Hillary Clinton on the email matter. That's what they've said one day. The next morning, Donald Trump tweets out, I didn't like him. It was that Russian thing. I would have fired him anyway. I wanted to fire him from day one. He was a showboat. He was a grandstander. And I asked him to shut down the investigation, and he didn't do it. So you got the official word, the boom, right? Um the same, <laughs> you could go down the same thing with the giving the Russians the secrets. The first day, the White House word is false story. Never happened, never shared any secrets with them. The next morning, Donald Trump tweets out, I have a right to share anything I want with anybody. And I shared it with them. I gave them the secrets because I wanted to get their help fighting ISIS. Totally contradicts what the White House said. Here we go again. And you could probably give five other examples. Here we go again. Yesterday, uh, Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein appoints Special Counsel Robert Mueller to take over this investigation. The White House official response is, we welcome this. We know there's nothing there but we want to get this investigation behind yeah. us so we can go on with the business of this country and our and our agenda. And we don't care. You do what you do. We're going to continue to do what we need to do. That was yesterday. This morning, Donald Trump is, is suddenly playing the victim again, saying nobody's been treated this fairly, and why didn't they appoint a special counsel for, Bill, for uh, Barack Obama or Hillary Clinton? Man. I mean, he's his own worst enemy. All he of, really is, all, and this is—I mean, this, all of this, these wounds are self-inflicted yes. wounds. And this is a complete and total meltdown, and we get to watch it live happen on Twitter. Uh, yeah, I, I man, I, I, like yesterday he said, you know, he's been treated more unfairly than any other president yeah. ever. Today he says he's the greatest witch hunt of a politician in American history. He's going down in flames, and this is happening with a quickness. The other thing, no politician in history. And I say this with great surety, has been treated worse or more unfairly. And you hear all this talk about the need for a shakeup at the White House. The need for, the, you know, that Reince Priebus, we've heard this for a long time, but every time there's a little crisis like this, it pops up again. And there are plenty of stories around this morning I saw um, online earlier before the show that uh, Reince Priebus may be on his way out. Sean Spicer, they already have people publicly interviewing to be the next press secretary. Ap apparently, even Jared Kushner now, is Donald Trump is pissed at him because he supported the firing of James Comey, and now look what has happened because of James Comey. Uh, they've got all this bad publicity, and now they have a special prosecutor. Yeah, but the point is, no shakeup at the White House is going to, solve the problems with the White House because the problems of the White House are one person, Donald Trump. And the only solution is to get rid of Donald Trump. And again, I come back to what we talked about a little bit about uh, at the top of the hour 
is that there are more and more Republicans who recognize, starting to recognize that. Headline in Politico this morning, quote, conservatives begin to whisper, President Pence. We've talked before about Eric Erickson, right? Right winger, red state, I think is his blog, correct? Is that? Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. He writes a couple other places too, yeah. but yes. Uh, Eric, and the... Um, Eric Erickson, by the way, was a was a never Trumper, but then once he was elected, he said, "Okay, he's my he's our president." Once he was a nominee, yeah. he said he's a Republican president, so let's give Trump a chance. Yesterday, Eric Erickson wrote, "Quote: Republicans should abandon the president because quote they have no need for him with Mike Pence in the wings." And in the New York Times, Russ. I never know how to pronounce his name. Douthat? Oh, Douthat. 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 He wrote a, a column yesterday saying it should be easier to dump, to dump Trump now because, again, Pence is waiting in the wings. Hillary Clinton will not be retroactively elected if Trump is removed. Republicans starting to say, let's get rid of Donald Trump. All right. Joe Sirincione coming up next from the president's This big is trip. the Bill Press Show. Hey, everybody, this is Bill Press. Thanks for listening to the Bill Press and Friends podcast. And now do yourself a favor. If you haven't already done so, subscribe to the show on iTunes. Here's what you do. Just search for the Bill Press show. Then you can take us with you and listen in anywhere you go. And you'll get new shows from us as soon as they're posted. And one more thing. If you really enjoy Bill Press and Friends, please help us grow by telling a friend, writing a review, and giving us a rating on iTunes. It's so great to have you on board. Many thanks. Giving you everything you need to fight the Trump administration. This is The Bill Press Show. Live at YouTube.com slash The Bill Press Show. Donald Trump's worst nightmare comes true. Special prosecutor appointed to look into the Trump-Russia connection. Wow. Hey, hello, everybody. And uh, Donald Trump tweeting this morning that nobody has ever been treated as unfairly as he has. Why didn't they appoint a special counsel for Barack Obama or for Hillary Clinton of course, the reason, uh, Mr. President, is because they didn't do anything illegal, and you probably have. Hello, everybody. It's a Thursday, Thursday, May 18. Uh, yeah, I know. It's hard to keep up with it all, but um, you got to. And that's why we're here, to help you. Uh, and even we have a hard time Buddy. running as fast as we can it's to keep up with the crises coming out of the White House and Republicans on Capitol Hill are getting fed up with it, tired of defending this guy, and some of them are even saying, if what we learned this week is true, then impeachment, yes, is something that we ought to consider. It is the Bill Press Show. Good to have you with us. I still want your answer to that question. Do you think he can last? Can this go on for four years? Can he possibly last for four years? Can he survive four years, or can we? Send us your comments on Twitter, at BP Show. Joe Sirincione will be joining us on the eve of the president's first foreign trip. It's a big trip, and he is taking a lot of baggage with him. Will it drag him down? 
Again, your comments on Twitter, at BP Show. But first, this is the Full Court Press. Just a couple of other stories making news. Speaking of Donald Trump, yesterday he met with a couple of potential replacements for FBI Director James Comey, who he fired. A couple of the names will be awfully familiar. Uh, Frank Keating, former Oklahoma governor and Justice Department spokesman Frank Keating, former senior FBI official Richard McFeely, acting FBI Director Andrew McCabe, and... Former vice presidential candidate for the Democrats and Senator Joseph Lieberman, back from the dead, being in the mix to run the FBI. Let me say this about that. (laughs) One, you have something to say about this? That's that's shocking. Uh, That's shocking. One, Frank Keating is a great guy, a friend of mine. He would be a dynamite FBI director. I know him very, very well. A very independent, tough, conservative. Republican. Uh, if Joe Lieberman, so I, I, I'd salute him. The country would be well served if he's FBI director. Uh, Joe Lieberman, if he's nominated, I will personally go to the Senate committee hearing where he's <laughs> testifying and stand up and scream out loud. All right. And hold up, a, hold up a big sign. You heard it here first. No Joe. No Joe. Hell no, no Joe. By the way, we, we've talked uh, about Alex Jones and uh, his war against Chobani, the your favorite yogurt company. Well, I'm having one right now. He made some claims against uh, the CEO of Chobani that were not true, and yeah, they fired back yeah. with a lawsuit. Well, yesterday, Alex Jones was forced to publicly apologize to <laughs> Chobani after he was sued for defamation. This should end the lawsuit. That was what they said, is if he went out and publicly apologized, they would drop this and move on. So This is a great time to be alive, ladies and gentlemen. I'm telling you, folks. This is an amazing time to be alive. I'm sorry for what I said. I didn't mean it. First of all, I would never eat yogurt. I only eat giant plates of meat and chili. (laughs) So he had to go out and apologize. And Barack Obama is enjoying life outside of the White House. In fact, this... uh, uh, months or this week's People magazine. Their cover story is on Barack Obama and Michelle Obama and what they're doing uh, with their lives post White House. A couple of different friends of the president did speak about how Barack Obama views Donald Trump. They both said Donald uh, that Barack Obama told them, "quote He's nothing but a bullshitter." End quote. No. Barack Obama. Barack Obama. That's what he thinks of Donald Trump. Oh, I think we better appoint a special counsel. To investigate his his profanity. Got to. It's got. It's it, it, it's illegal, isn't it? <laughs> on your radio, on TV, and online. This is the Bill Press Show. Hey, hey, what do you say? Uh, Thursday, May 18. Hello, everybody. Great to see you. And thanks for climbing on board here. It's the Bill Press Show. Good to have you with us. As we reach out to you all across this great land of ours, coast to coast, on a Thursday with the big news of the day and breaking news of the day. It's breaking news every minute of every of the Trump administration. This is day 119. It seems like 10 years, doesn't it? Uh, and all the trouble that we've been in. So we're joining you on YouTube, youtube.com slash The Bill Press Show. 
We're with you on the mighty WCPT out in the Chicago area, looking at you coast to coast on Free Speech TV. And once again, we invite you to join us, part of our team, on our new platform, Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, patreon.com slash BP show. Yeah, yes, sir. By the way, where some exclusive content will is already up there uh, that you'll find nowhere else. So sign up and enjoy it. We're putting some more stuff up in the next couple days, but uh, just to be clear, this is stuff we're asking you to pay for. Not yeah, a lot, right? Not a lot. Yeah, but we're asking you to pay for it. So go to Patreon.com/slash BP Show. We're doing a whole podcast series on the making of Bernie Sanders, which we've discussed with you. His presidential campaign was launched in your house. Practically, uh, and so we did. We've done some interviews with some really great Bernie insiders, people who worked very close with him and the campaign. Tad, and, and already up is Tad Devine. Tad Devine, part of the Tad Devine interview is up there. Yeah. Just a little sneak peek where he talks about Iowa, which was so important to the uh, to the primary against Hillary Clinton. We put that piece up of him talking about Iowa, which is fascinating. If you want to know what was really going on, uh, so we've got that up there. You could go listen to that now. Now. And pretty soon uh, we'll have uh, Mike Briggs up there. Mike Briggs, who was communications uh, director for the pres- for Senator Sanders, uh, and then went over to the campaign, and he was basically uh, Bernie's body man. You know, he was with him every step, every single step of the way. The breaking news of the day is, um, of course, the appointment late yesterday by the Justice Department appointment of a special prosecutor, Robert Mueller. The uh, most respected man in law enforcement in the entire country today, Robert Mueller, will take over as special counsel, special prosecutor on the uh, investigation into possible collusion between uh, the Trump campaign team and the Trump transition team and Russian officials to influence the outcome of the election. Uh, Robert Mueller's appointment praised uh, by Republicans and Democrats alike yesterday. But it certainly is the last thing that Donald Trump wanted. It means that this uh, Russian matter will not go away. It means that the highest officials of the Justice Department actually think there is something there or they would not appoint a special prosecutor. The law says, in fact, that the Justice Department, an attorney general, can appoint a, a special counsel quote, whenever the attorney general, quote, determines that criminal investigation is warranted. So whatever happens, whatever is concluded going into it, uh, the Justice Department, the acting attorney general, I mean, the deputy attorney general, Rod Rosenstein, certainly does not believe, as Donald Trump alleges, that the whole Russian connection is a nothing burger. Uh, And Donald Trump tweeting out this morning, that this is grossly unfair because they've appointed a special counsel to look into his activities, and they never appointed a special counsel to look into the illegal activities of Barack Obama or Hillary Clinton. And, of course, he cannot name one single illegal activity that happened under uh, either President Obama or Hillary Clinton. The question, and now this happened, all of this comes down on the eve of Donald Trump leaving tomorrow on his first foreign trip, which is not just like President Obama, a one-day trip up to Canada and back, or like President Bush, a one-day trip down to Mexico and back. This is a big trip with a lot of countries and a lot of stuff on his plate. How will 
the, the, uh, the latest news of the week impact that foreign trip. Nobody better to talk about it than our good buddy Joe Cirincioni, head of the Plowshares Fund. Hello, Joseph. Good morning, Bill. Thanks for joining us. My pleasure. He takes a lot of baggage with him, doesn't he? Uh, literally and figuratively. <laughs> yeah. As you pointed out, this is very unusual. Presidents usually take a one-day trip to Canada, etc. Just a Th- this is an eight or nine-day trip uh, to I think five, if I count them correct, uh, d- different nations. A grueling schedule under the best of circumstances. I am out of the prediction business since the November election, but I think I'm going to go out on a limb. This is likely to be a disaster. For the president. This trip will be a, a foreign and, and domestic political disaster for this president. I think it is fraught with peril. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And think of so many ways. Right. This could, first of all, this this matter, as we know, when wherever it doesn't matter where the presidents go, domestic problems go with him. Yes. Yes. Right. Uh, absolutely. So he's going to be asked about this stuff everywhere he goes. And, and the, the investigative press is not going to stop. I mean, don't you think there'll be two bombshell stories tonight between Look, five and six? Don't you think there'll every be day. on Friday? Don't you think on Saturday when he's meeting with the Pope? Don't you think there's going to be a contending story uh, out there? Yeah, this is I mean, the dam has broken. Yeah. And I also think that, you know, the, the Comey stuff that came out about the obstruction of justice. Right. That's just probably the first firing shot. Right. Like, I don't I don't think that's the only thing James Comey has. But right, so they're right. going to start dropping more and more stuff, and as it becomes easier to get this stuff out, you know how these things go—they snowball. Or, or the only thing that Mike Flynn has—I mean, who, who do you think leaked the story about Flynn telling the transition yeah. team that that he that he told them that he was a foreign agent? Sure. Uh, or then he was under investigation. Yeah, right? he yeah he did right. He said uh, he I, didn't that's know. My, oh, no, I told you. Yeah, I told you. Uh, on such and such a date, yeah, I yeah, informed yeah, you. Yeah, so you're By the right, way, this is just the beginning. It, it, it's worth pointing out too that two things today that we ought to be looking at: Rod Rosenstein, Deputy Attorney General, who did appoint the special counsel because Jeff Sessions has recused himself. Rod mm-hmm. Rosenstein is testifying today in the Senate, uh, and Donald Trump is holding a news conference today with the President of Colombia. Yeah, a joint news conference. And you know he's going to be asked about this, and God knows what he's what you know what he'll what, say. What, what you know what he's going to say. But uh, so this this does have. I mean, what are our allies? You know, what do they think? Okay, about so this? let's let's walk through this trip. Yeah, and, yeah. and talk about what's about because people haven't focused on this. We the way we haven't focused on infrastructure, as you was just discussing. We haven't focused on anything else except the the chaos at the White right. House. Okay, but this is actually important stuff. The president is trying to do. He leaves Friday. He arrives Saturday in Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia. And we yeah. are, that's the first big trip. And he has meetings with the royal family, etc. And then he's scheduled to make um, a, a big speech. And this was supposed to be his counterpoint to Obama's Cairo. Ca- speech. Remember that? Right, yes. In 2009? Well, this is his vision for the The apology Arab. tour. Remember well, they well, built it right. as an apology so, tour? And, and this really dovetails. Now, here you're getting the Bannon agenda. So this part of the trip was extremely important to Bannon and Miller and, and Gorka and Miller's those guys. writing the speech. We're, uh, we, is that we're right? Told, we're told. Miller well, is writing his well, speech. Well, that God. explains. Because what they want to unveil here is their view of what they're calling an Arab NATO. And it's not quite a formal military alliance, but to, to unite the Arab countries. And the next day, he's talking to 50 leaders of, of Arab nations, 50. 
Donald Trump. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm <laughs> telling you, man. I know, right? But then, and, so, 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 and the idea, and the, the way some have seen this, this is the beginning of his, he wants to unite the Sunni leaders. So we're only talking about certain Arabs here. Mm-hmm. The Sunni leaders, the majority of Muslim faith in, <clears throat> in that region, with Israel in an anti-Iran um, alliance. And he's going to, you know, talk about countering extremism, and he's going to lump al-Qaeda and ISIS with Iran, which, of course, have no connections, al-Qaeda, ISIS, Sunni, Iran, Shia. But that's that's the, the whole thought. Now, if you're an Arab leader, this is what you're asking, how seriously do you take this? Yeah. How credible do you take his commitment? Well, one thing he has going in his favor is he's going to ink $100 billion worth of arms contracts to Saudi Arabia. This is how we're going to keep the peace. We're going to flood the area with arms. With, with more this weapons. is American jobs. Okay, that's true. They're going to be American-built mainly. Um, and so, so um, the biggest Arab-U.S. Um, arms deal ever, $100 billion here going going in. It could be more, actually. And this, this is the one thing. The business ties underpin this. And, of course, he also has other Trump, Inc., business dealings with Saudi Arabia. So that's the beginning of the trip. Well, that's difficult, but that is probably going to be the high point for him. But, uh, so let me ask you there. So here is a guy who talked, ran, campaigned yeah. on banning all Muslims from coming into this yes, country. Yes, yes, right. Who twice signed an executive order to do so, which has been blocked by the courts, which was blocked by the courts because it was a religious, they, they saw it as a religious ban. On, and on all Muslims coming in this yes. country. What is he going to tell these Arab yeah, leaders? Right. What is he going to tell these Muslims? Well, he's giving a speech about Islam. Right. What's he going to say? Islam is such a violent religion that we won't let any Muslims into our country? Well, McMaster previewed this a couple of days ago in one of his dismal appearances at the press conference as this was going to be the, the president was visiting the, the centers of the great religions. He's a Muslim. He's going to Jerusalem. He's going to the Vatican. And yeah. here he was going to talk about how all these oh, religions yeah, yeah. And speak from the heart about religion, this a-religious president. And just going yeah. to talk about religion. Well, that's that was the idea, um, uh, but I agree with you. This is going to be viewed with a great deal I mean, of suspicion. A cer- certainly, a, a little. It's going to be a little tense for a guy oh. who comes who is and hires Michael Flynn, oh. right? Right, and, 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 right, right, right. It, right. And, and you've got this cabal in the in the White House that has it's a, that's an anti-Muslim cabal. And there's right. complications. Even the King of Saudi Arabia apparently has invited the the head of Sudan to come to this uh, meeting who is, um, is, uh, is a war criminal. As, as, you know, the U.S. policy has condemned what this man has done in the yeah. slaughter of, of, of his own people. So there's complications right away right. on how the president right. handles so all this. So that's the stop. Okay. That's the first stop. Now he goes yeah. to Israel. Well, this is, this is, his schedule gets a little lighter here. By the way, the president has complained to his staff. He's already asked you if he can cut this nine-day trip back to five days. Do I really have to go? By the way, I predicted this morning that he's not going to, that he'll be back early. Well, it's hard to cut. And I'm sure this is what I, the, no, I, this stuff yeah. is all lined up because yeah. now he gets yeah. a little bit of a break because he does it's a, it's kind of a light s- schedule here in 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 Israel. He goes but, 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 he but, visits with with Abbas, President Abbas. But go ahead. Okay, I just have to say so so with all the tension about the Muslim ban talking to the, these Muslim leaders, then he goes to Israel, a country that he just stabbed in the back that, by oh, yes. revealing oh, yes. the oh, intelligence. I, I forgot. <laughs> no, our great so, friend. All right, so, so he goes to Israel, Israel, 
and who have shared yes. a lot of intelligence with the United States. They probably have, uh, what do I know? But from what I do know, little I know, it, it, Israel probably has the most, best intelligence operation on the planet. Yeah, 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 excellent intelligence. And they share that with us on the condition that we don't tell anybody else, right? This is just for us. We certainly wouldn't tell anybody else unless we get Israel's permission. And he gives that information to Russia, yes, to to Lavrov and to Kislyak. Now he goes to Israel. What do they? There's got to be a little. That's got to be a little tense. Yes. How can they trust him? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And so then he goes up to to Europe. So this is then uh, he goes to the Palestinian territory. Then he goes. To, he, yes, he's going to meet with Abbas in in Bethlehem. He's going to make a very short visit to the Holocaust Museum. Um, 15 minutes, apparently, on his schedule. Which oh you, you've God. been there. You can't even walk across the bridge. He's got a beautiful, dramatic bridge to get in there. You can't walk across the bridge in less than five minutes. But he knows I, I, all this stuff. He doesn't need a briefing. Yeah. He doesn't need anything. So. so usually the tour takes about an hour, but he's going to do it in 15 minutes. So then, uh, presumably, he gets through all the difficulties of Israel, which is you know just a powder keg. And you know, is the Western Wall in Israel proper, or is it an occupied territory? That kerfuffle has already risen. I mean, there are there are so many things that could go wrong right there. But he does have a lot of private time. He's, he's got a private dinner with Benjamin Netanyahu. He's got a private meeting. So away from the cameras, he can rest. Maybe he can recharge his batteries. But then he goes is to he Europe. Going, is that where he's going to announce that he's moving the embassy from oh, Tel Aviv to Jerusalem? Well, so this is what <laughs> this, the, the Israeli press is all over this about how Benjamin Netanyahu is going to use the president's domestic political difficulties as leverage to get what he wants, whatever that want is. Maybe it's the embassy. Maybe Maybe it's settlements. But this is where Benjamin Netanyahu just, you know, uh, takes the president for a ride. As Trump promised he was going to move the embassy. Yeah. Yeah. And, of course, we have the most right-wing conservative uh, ambassador to Israel uh, in in our history Uh, who's pushing for this as well. Uh, So there we go. Now, having solved... All those problems in the Middle East, he goes on to and this is the what, Vatican, uh, he, right? He, or is there some place in between? I actually forget. What, he goes to no, he goes to Brussels, where he meets with the he EU. Goes, he might he go, go to, to the, Italy first. first. He goes maybe. He meet, that's right. He yeah, meets. He meets with the Pope. The Pope says he's reserving judgment. He's not prejudging um, the president, and so he'll get that photo op with the Pope again. This should be a fairly light thing, unless Pope Francis says what he thinks um, or. Mm-hmm. To, to get, you know, give some advice to the president, uh, which I wouldn't, you know, be surprised to hear. Um, uh, take, oh, then he meets with the Italian president. He meets with a bunch of Italians. Then he goes to Brussels, where we are going to be meeting with the EU, and this is a big meeting with with the uh, EU leadership. And then he meets with all of whom he's attacked as being weak or whatever. I mean. W- Right. This is a man who's in favor of Brexit, who was in favor yeah. of Frexit, you know, who's, yeah. who's attacked the EU. And now he's meeting with, uh, with, with the EU leaders. Um, the and next, then, go ahead. NATO, right? Next. And the next day he's got a whole big meeting with a whole new set of characters. <laughs> this is NATO, the, the, the alliance he called obsolete. And then said, well, it's not obsolete because they changed their views of terrorism, which they didn't. But so th- that's, again, p- plenty of opportunities uh, to trip up uh, uh, on there. Yeah. And then, and now he's not done. 
I mean, you see, this already is yeah, more heavy lifting than the president has done in his entire 117 days now. He's already crammed more in, more meetings, more more serious policy talk. And then he goes to uh, to Sicily yeah, for the for G7, the for the right. G7, which can, now he's talking with, with six other serious heads of state in what is usually very serious talk, very serious negotiations that are going on. So I'm uh, telling you. And by then he's going to be exhausted. I mean, this this is the time where you really start to look for the fatigue factor. A seventy year old man, not well briefed. Oh, by the way, wait, did I forget to tell you? <laughs> <laughs> this was the week where they were supposed to be um, uh, studying, where he was supposed to be oh, giving yeah, tutorials right. on all this, where he's supposed to be educated on what is the EU, uh, what is NATO. I didn't even think about this. What, yeah. uh, and so all that has gone and wait. He has no idea. Wait, wait, and he's not taking any of his national security staff who are the experts on this, he's not taking any of them on the trip with him. They're not going on Air Force One. Instead, it's it's Jared and Ivanka and Steve uh, Bannon and, 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 and Miller. So it's like the, the you know, the, the loyal cadre rather than the experts who really know what's going on. So that's you put all these factors together, Joe, and that's why I feel like I, I'm not really going on in a limb to say this is fraught with peril, likely to be a disastrous trip. That's terrifying. Trip. It is. No. And, and by the way, we know <laughs> that this week they haven't spent a lot of time working on this because they've been dealing with yes. Comey firing, Russian leaks, uh, and, uh, and now the Flynn stuff and uh, special counsel. Um, and getting a new FBI director, so there's so little preparation that has gone into uh, I- I- into this trip. And meanwhile, so I had a, a breakfast meeting uh, a couple of days ago at the St. Regis Hotel, which just Very happened nice. to be, I went down there, and my God, the place was an armed camp because the president of Turkey oh, was there. Yes. So I wouldn't call him a war criminal, but you talk about somebody who's had a cloud hanging over his head, President Erdogan of Turkey. Yes. Again, welcomed into the Oval Office as if he's, you know, our the, the God's answer to democracy. Purged tens of thousands of civilians from, yeah. from the civil service vaults. Jailed thousands of, 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 of journalists and political op- op- appointees. Killed many de- demonstrators point blank in the street. And then yesterday, he brings this show to the streets of Washington. I wanted to ask you about that. And so there are protesters in the streets of Washington, and the Turkish, his Turkish guards treated the protesters here like they treat them in Istanbul. That's exactly what the protesters said. This is what happens to us in Turkey. So these were the protesters. Some were Kurdish, uh, but, but others as well, protesting at the Turkish embassy. And these goons, who apparently are, are now, now identified as Erdogan's personal Bodyguards. They're the ones I saw at the hotel. In business suits, carrying guns. Yeah. Go out and attack them. You know, choke them. Throw them to the ground. Stills from the video of one of these bodyguards with a woman in a just a chokehold, a that, violent chokehold. Right, right. I've seen that. Welcome to Trump's America, they Man. say. Ch- choking this this woman, How kicking can- them in the face, p- p- protesters down on the ground, and these big, huge, burly guys walking up to them and kicking them in the face while they're down. And the, and the D.C. police do nothing about this. They finally intervene and separate out. They, they arrest a few protesters. None of the bodyguards, none of the embassy guards arrested. Why? Diplomatic immunity. By the way, they can this, do whatever they but want. How can, they can do that on American soil. Diplomatic immunity. 
Holy that's crap. Outrageous. Right. And by the way, if that's happening here, imagine what's happening in Turkey. Right. Right. And they do it in plain sight. So if you haven't seen Good this, grief. I mean, I recommend people go to YouTube, go to Twitter, go to Facebook and look up the videos. Yeah. Of, of what the, it's, it's really horrifying. And wait, not a word from the White House about this. No comment whatsoever. Not during the meeting. No, no caution about human rights in Turkey. No comment on what happened at the embassy to these protesters. Nothing. President doesn't care. Uh, it's almost too much to absorb, right, and respond to. I mean, it is. And again, taking off on this trip, and we 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 heard. From the uh, Washington Post, and by the way, David Farenthold, Pulitzer Prize-winning journalist for the uh, investigator oh, yeah. reporter for the Washington Post, is going to be joining us in our next half hour here. Oh, I'm in, hanging around. In, yeah, in stick around for that. Um, he, uh, we learned from the Washington Post that um, with the, the when the president giving these secrets to the Russians in the ah. Oval Office, that McMaster said he didn't even know. The source for this information, yes. but and the post reports. But part of the problem is that the, the the intelligence agencies prepare these really detailed briefings for the president, which you know Barack Obama he studied every single word of. Yes, that. Trump has said no, no, no. I don't want that much stuff. That's too much information. Just give me a one pager with bullet points, and he doesn't even read that. Doesn't even read the bullet points. So imagine it? how little preparation has gone into this trip. The staff has also told the intelligence agencies that the president is a visual learner, so then he needs more pictures. Oh, hmm. put pictures in these in these briefs. Okay, so they're trying that. So this is how about a coloring book? A coloring book. <laughs> <laughs> Color turkey blue. <laughs> Color Rome yellow. <laughs> you know, maybe maybe that's the way to get this guy to figure out. Where he's going. Here are your hotels, sir. Give him a map of where his hotels are and what what countries are important and what aren't. I is know. He, is he staying only in Trump hotels and all this? <laughs> I don't know. Where's he going to play golf? Nine days without golf? I don't believe it. He'll play golf someplace. He'll find a way. <laughs> so just so you know, so just remember me next week when you're doing your show on, on next Thursday and we're getting to the real, we're getting to the the, the serious NATO summits. Watch for the presidential fatigue. Yeah. Uh, one of the latest stories uh, to, to break, <laughs> there's so much, it's, it's all yeah. breaking so fast, um, that um, Michael Flynn, yes. uh, he, we, you mentioned this earlier, uh, we now know probably because he leaked it that he had told the White House that he was under criminal investigation, he was under investigation yes. for covering up his lobbying activities on behalf of Turkey. Yeah. Uh, as part of which, apparently, he opposed a planned military, U.S. Oh, yes. military operation, because Turkey was against it. Yes. Opposed it without telling the White House that he was actually on the payroll of Turkey. This is where some people start said, to bring uh, up the T that... word, treason. Yeah. You have to understand, it's one thing. On November 8th, he pens this op-ed in the Hill. You read it now. If you haven't read this, go back. and um, You know, this pro-Erdogan uh, uh, op-ed that he writes. It's, it's unbelievable condemning the, 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 the cleric who has been opposing mm -hmm. uh, Erdogan. Now at the bottom, the Hill points out 
says we didn't know at the time that he was getting paid a half yeah. a million dollars right. to write right. this op-ed, et cetera. Okay, so there it is. That's bad enough. But, it, but So Susan Rice comes to him, I think this is 10 days before the inauguration, and says here's the operation we're planning on Raqqa, which is the ISIS capital. So this is the anti-ISIS president, right? This is the guy who's going to bomb the stuff out of... Uh, out of ISIS, and he's told, here we go, we're, we're about to go, but we're using Kurdish forces to do it. The best, the best fighters yep. yes. are the Kurds. And and, he, and they were just, as a courtesy, telling him about this because they were going to have to f- continue the operation under President Trump, and Flynn says, no, don't do it. Don't do it. And, and, as you, and the Turks do, don't want to use the Kurds. The Turks want to use the Turkish army to do it. A fantasy notion, by the way. And so the whole operation is put on hold. About a month, month and a half later, it is finally approved. Uh, Flynn is unable to completely stop it because this is the common sense plan. Uh, th- th- that's gonna, but in the meantime, we lost valuable time. Um, and then you have to question, why did he do this? Was it military reasons? Was it strategic reasons? Was it to, or was it because he was doing it in service of the Turks? And if he, that is the reason, that is treasonous. Whoa. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, you know, Robert Mueller's got his hands full, that's for sure. <laughs> and all of this all of this does tie together. And we'll find out more about how it all tied together from the, the man who uh, kind of first broke, um, first got under Donald Trump's skin. Yeah. Investigative reporter David Farenholt from The Washington Post who joins us next. Hey, right. Joe, thank you so much for coming thank in. Thank you, Bill. This trip is going to be, I'm telling you. You're right. A disaster. disaster. It's going to all blow up. The wheels are coming off. Quick break. We'll be right back with David Farenholt. This is a great time to be alive, ladies and gentlemen. This is an amazing time to be alive. Download our podcast. Search for The Bill Press Show on iTunes. And remember to rate, review, and subscribe. This is The Bill Press Show. Same great show, new great channel. Stream live video at youtube.com slash the Bill Press Show. Let's go on Thursday, May 18. What do you say? It is the uh, Bill Press Show. We're coming to you live coast to coast. Looking at you on Free Speech TV. Joining you on YouTube, youtube.com slash the Bill Press Show. Part of your morning in Chicago, in the greater Chicago area on WCPT. So um, you just can't escape us, basically. And uh, if you miss any of the show, you can catch our podcast later. Just go to BillPressShow.com. The entire two hours uh, is up on our podcast, or you can also find it, of course, on iTunes. Uh, The last time I introduced um, and uh, talked to David Farenthold from the Washington Post, uh, was before the fact, uh, and I mentioned to the uh, audience there that uh, normally we celebrate Pulitzer Prize winners after they've received the award, that that evening we were going to celebrate it before because I was sure he would get it, and he has, <laughs> uh, and I haven't seen you since, but congratulations, uh, David. Well, well deserved. Thank you. Yeah. So the Post gave you a great big raise. and a Huge. Big... Yeah, huge. <laughs> new car. Yeah, you would be surprised. A, a golden belt buckle. Yeah, there's a lot of things that come with this that you don't, you don't know about. For those of you that aren't watching on video, David actually has the Pulitzer Prize hanging right. around his neck. Right. Like Flavor Flav used to wear the clock. It's really impressive. Yeah, it took, it took a long time to have that made. It looks great. Yeah, i got to be honest. It looks Thank great. You. Thank you. you Some know, people I... are taken aback by it, but I think it's, it's important people Very know. Very subtle. Right. Um, I, I want to ask you about the latest, uh, your latest reporting on the Trump empire, but... Uh, first, I, 
I just have to get your reaction. How do you think the appointment of a special counsel impacts the entire Trump operation, if you will, or certainly administration? Well, I mean, I think that in the short term, perhaps it creates a little bit of uh, it opens up a little bit of free space for them because they've have taken an action that will not have immediate consequences in the long term. I think this is a very bad thing for Donald Trump's agenda. Special prosecutors, as we've seen time and time again, have a momentum of their own, a timeline of their own. They're by design not connected to politics or not not supposed to be connected to politics. So. Mueller's a really good uh, investigator. He's a really good uh, administrator. This is something that's going to take a long time and be very thorough. And I think it's going to distract both people in the White House and people in Congress from whatever else they might have been doing. Yeah. Uh, But as an American, I think people have to be glad that there is some sort of independent voice out there because we've seen so many instances where the Hill investigation seemed to be moving slowly or in the case of the House intelligence investigation to be sort of perhaps affected directly by politics. And certainly it does mean this is not going to go away the way the White House wanted it to anytime soon. No, that's right. It it may go away in the end in that we don't know if there was any collusion between Donald Trump or anybody in his administration and Russia during the campaign. If Mueller does his investigation and figures that out, it will go away, but that will take a long time. Right. And the other thing it means, uh, as we remember from Ken Starr, is this may start here, but it could go in any direction. Right. And 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 you mentioned that because Ken Starr's investigation began with a um, began with a uh, investigation into a real estate deal in Arkansas and became something about President Clinton's uh, sexual misconduct in the White House. Uh, I just have to interrupt you because Peter's showing me uh, that there is a board of breaking news. This is a Bill Press Show breaking news update. Yeah, according to uh, Matt Drudge at the Drudge Report, uh, Roger Ailes is dead. Statement from Elizabeth Ailes, quote, I am profoundly sad and heartbroken to report that my husband Roger Ailes passed away this morning. He was a loving husband to me, to his son Zachary, and a loyal friend to many. He was also a patriot, profoundly grateful to live in a country that gave him so much opportunity to work hard, to rise up and give back. During a career that stretched over more than five decades, his work in entertainment, in politics, and in news affected the lives of many millions. And so even as we mourn his death, we celebrate his life. That is the statement from Elizabeth Ailes. Uh, wife of Roger Ailes. And, you know, whatever you think of Roger Ailes, David, you have to uh, give him credit. He was a, he was a giant in, in the field, certainly of television journalism. Yeah, I mean, I can think of a few people who've had this effect that he has had on both television journalism and American politics over the last 20 years. Yeah, I mean, and strangely enough, he was a, he was a good friend of mine. When I was right? fired by uh, CNN at Crossfire, the first call I got was from Roger Ailes. Oh. Uh, he was that kind of a guy. I mean, he would never hire me at Fox, you know, <laughs> but w- w- we became friends over the years. And, uh, but, you know, he took that Fox network and built it from nothing. And that was his vision. And he knew, you know, what he thought that, that the American people, that this, he could find a niche for this, right, and build it. And, uh, it, and it took him, took him a while, but he never veered from it. That was his, that was his vision. And, and, uh, he succeeded, uh, uh, you know, enormously in that in in that goal. Unfortunately, some problems along the way, which uh, ended up uh, bringing him down. Um, so back to the we talked about that how this special prosecutor can go in, in many different directions. Uh, and tell us before we get to the, again the latest stuff you've been working on. I, I'd love uh, our audience to hear the story you and I talked about before about how you first got into maybe looking a little closer into what Donald Trump was up to. Well, this was last year. I was in Iowa uh, following Donald Trump around on caucus day, February 1st, 2016. 
And I saw him do this really odd thing at a, a rally. He had a campaign rally in Waterloo, Iowa, and he stopped the rally in the middle. And he said, OK, um, local veterans group, I forget the name, come up on stage. Uh, and he brings out, Trump brought out this giant check, like a golf tournament size check. It said uh, Donald J. Trump Foundation on the top, big enough that you could see it from the cameras in the back, make America great again on the bottom. It was a $100,000 check, and he gives it this donation to this local veterans group in Waterloo. They come up on stage and say, you know, wonderful, thank you so much, can't wait to see you in the White House. They mm -hmm. sit back down again, and the rally resumes. Now, you don't ever see that happen. That's really unusual. When president, presidential candidates get donations. They don't give donations. Um, and that got me interested in sort of, A, was that legal? And B, where did that money come from and where's the rest of the money? Yeah. And so you just with that little... <laughs> that was it, right. Yeah. And, so the, and when you started looking into it... The, what we found was that money came out of this fundraiser Trump had had in, in January 2016 where he skipped a Fox News debate and had this fundraiser for veterans. He said he raised $6 million for veterans, including $1 million of his own money. Right. So the $100,000 I saw him give away in Waterloo, that was out of the $6 million. But I couldn't – so then I said, well, where's the rest of it? Where did it go? Who got it? And it turned out to be that the Trump campaign couldn't account for the vast majority of it. Um, and that started me down a road that led me to – How much money had he given? Well, at that point, he'd given zero. And this is an interesting <laughs> story. Uh, so that, I couldn't find – it took me months and months to try to find any evidence of that, that particular piece, which was Donald Trump's – the million dollars he said he'd given out of his own pocket. Finally, at the end of May – Corey Lewandowski, Trump's campaign manager, calls me and he says, OK, I can tell you this. Donald Trump has given that million dollars away, but I can't tell you who got it or when they got it or in what amount. All of that is secret. It can't tell you. Uh, and so after some checking, we figured out that that was not true. Lewandowski, what he said was completely wrong. The money was still in Trump's pocket. It was only after I spent a day on Twitter sort of publicly searching for any evidence that money existed that Trump actually gave the money away. Uh and uh, did you uh, interview Donald Trump about this? <laughs> I did. This actually the last time I've spoken to President Trump was May, at the end of May last year. He called me to say that he had given this money away. And uh, he'd given it all away in one fell swoop to this charity run by a friend of his, who's a former FBI agent. And uh, I said, well, you said, you, you said four months ago you, were gonna, you, were, you had given this money away. Why did it take you four months to actually do it? And he said, well, I had to vet this group that I was giving the money to. Oh. And I said, well, I know just from my reporting, that group gave you a Man of the Year award last year. You spent a whole evening at the Waldorf Astoria wearing tuxedos and them saying how great you were. You had to vet them after that? And he said, oh, yeah. And I said, well, <laughs> it, 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 I said, did you just give this money away now because I was looking for it? You know, if I hadn't been searching for this money, would you have kept it in your pocket? And he, that's when he called me a nasty guy, but did not answer the question. Did he tweet about you? <laughs> no, Trump is, uh, President Trump has never tweeted about me, um, and I I don't know why, um, but he never has. Yeah, well, you know, he's busy tweeting about so much. Maybe he hasn't gotten to you yet. <laughs> you, yeah. But you know that he will, right? I possibly. There's another. There's a congressman from Texas, Blake Farenthold, who is we're not related. Oh, but our names are very similar in spelling, and uh, I always wonder if I ever do get a Trump tweet, if he'll tweet, tweet about Blake Farenthold. You're gonna that. get a, in, like an invitation to the White House, <laughs> and you're gonna show him. He's gonna go. Uh -oh. Not you. Oh, crap. <laughs> Wrong one. Well, Blake's name is easier to spell than mine, so I think sure. he gets much more of my incoming than I get of his incoming. Now, one of the things that, uh, that we've seen is that uh, even though it's kind of closed for the season now, uh, that Donald Trump does a lot of his business at Mar-a-Lago, right. which you have definitely been looking into. The presidency's kind of good for the bottom line for the Trump empire, isn't it? Yeah. Well, the, we, we did this really interesting look at Mar-a-Lago, and we, there's sort of a, there's two sides of it. The, the, the events that had their gallows at Mar-a-Lago almost uniformly reported getting more people, 
more money. They, you know, these charities raise more money by having events at Mar-a-Lago. And the ones that, told, that would tell us about their costs, they paid Trump more. more they, you know, them getting more people means they paid Donald Trump more, $100 a head or more. This is cases. since he's been president. Since he's been president. Okay. Since, he, since the election. We looked yeah, at all the things since, since the, the election. election. Okay. So, um, and part of that is just the idea that he might show up. You know, if he, and he does show up at a lot of these things. And people told me, look, if Donald Trump shows up your, at your event, it gets covered in the media in a different way. People hear about the name of your event. It's, you know, sure, it's huge publicity. Sure. Your donors like it. Everybody's thrilled by, you know, the idea that he's there. So the charities that had their events there, they made marginally more money, which means Trump made marginally more money. But at the same time, there are ch- some of these charities that are not sort of part of the Palm Beach social vortex where they're they have Palm Beach fundraisers but they're connected to institutions that are outside Palm Beach a mm-hmm. couple examples the, there's an I Institute part of the University of Miami there's the Dana-Farber Cancer Institute based out of Boston those places where I think the leaders feel so pressure political pressure not to do business with Donald Trump that you don't feel if you're sort of part of the Mar-a-Lago set in Palm Beach so those two institutions I mentioned the I Institute and Dana-Farber have pulled their galas for next year so it may be a case where Trump does better for the people that have their events there, but yeah. for political reasons, he's losing whole galas, which is a lot of money. These things can be $275,000 a night that Trump takes in just to host one gala. But you, you mentioned that he makes more money, meaning not like right away, does this go into a trust? What is, what is the deal? Well, I mean, so Mar-a-Lago- He did not divest. No. Right? So- what he, he said he's, getting, he's taking himself out of operational control of his businesses, giving okay. it to Don Jr., Eric, and some other folks. But- and so all the businesses are now part of a trust, but the trust's only beneficiary is Donald Trump. And the terms of the trust say that at any time the president can take money out of that that trust for any reason. So it's the same as owning them, and he's, he remains the beneficiary. A dollar paid to Mar-a-Lago is a dollar paid effectively to him. Uh, and that's not just Mar-a-Lago. I'm just thinking about uh, how, Trump many, hotels, how many properties do, do we even know? Uh, my only thing, I know best the golf courses in Mar-a-Lago, and okay. we're talking at least like 16, 17 properties there, but there's all kinds of things. I mean, just as an example, this week one of my colleagues, Matea Gold, was reporting on this estate that Trump owns. I can't think of the name of the island. There's a Caribbean island where he owns this giant estate, and he's selling it now for, I think, $28 million, $10 million more than anything else on the island. That's a, the way that's set up. Whoever buys that estate from him, it's money right into Trump's pocket, and probably we will not know who that person is. It'll be done through a shell company, and we won't know. So there's all kinds of things that are like that. You know, condos at the hotel, I mean, at the, at the building in Las Vegas. He owns all these properties where you can basically put money in his pocket and not have to tell people who you are. Right. Yeah. Uh, and uh, uh, is, is, have you seen the same... But so back to Mar-a-Lago. What you're saying is some, some uh, organizations may have pulled out, but it's still a net plus... Last year was certainly a net plus. I, I don't know. I can't tell you that about next year because a lot of institutions haven't decided whether they're coming back. Um, but yes, this last year was certainly a net plus for Trump. Uh, so they've seen more business and and able to charge more. Right? Uh, well, they charge more per person. Yeah, so there's more people. If they charge per person, they get more money. Okay. Um, is that same the same thing true of his golf courses? The golf courses I know less about. I, I've been talking to people a lot about at the golf courses where so Trump has I think 13 golf courses in the United States. Uh, but there's an. I've been calling around trying to figure out how much the initiation fee is at, at mm. all those golf courses. Yeah. And there's a real divide between the courses that Trump himself will ever go to and the ones that he never will. <laughs> so, uh, for instance, there's a, a golf course outside Philadelphia, Trump Philadelphia, which actually is in the suburbs of New Jersey. 
Uh-huh. He'll never go there. He never goes there. Uh, I mean, he goes maybe once. He used to go like once a year. The The initiation fee there, I think, is zero or it's a few thousand dollars. Same with the one in North Carolina. There's another one in New Jersey. He doesn't go too much. But the, then you look at the ones that he does go to, the one in West Palm Beach. It's connected to Mar-a-Lago. The right. one in Bedminster, New Bedminster. Jersey. Loudoun County, Virginia. Those ones, uh, let's see, uh, West Palm Beach is 150000 to join that's just the initiation fee plus the dues. Bedminster, I think, is seventy-five to one hundred thousand plus dues. Loudon is fifty or sixty thousand. So the ones where he's going to go, where you might run into him, he makes a lot of money off the initiation fees. And Mar-a-Lago's initiate has a membership fee which is too. Double which... uh, after the election, doubled from one hundred thousand dollars to two hundred thousand dollars. Who are the people who are members of Mar-a-Lago? Uh, it's a lot of Palm Beach social types, which means people who live in New Jersey or New York or Boston go down to Mar-a-Lago for the social season. Who uh, are always members or? Well, Mar-a-Lago, we, not we, always, we're, but you know we're I mean, trying to piece together who's the mem- a member there. And a lot of them are mem- have been members for a long time or, you know, it, the bulk of the people joined before he was um, president or he, before he was elected. We're still trying to figure out who's joined since. Certainly a lot of people could have joined. Um, but in Mar- in Mar-a-Lago is, you know, there's not that many sort of social clubs in Palm Beach. And Trump opened Mar-a-Lago. It was an option for, I think they were the first to admit Jewish members. Uh, A lot of the membership there is Jewish, Italian, people that were not sort of part of the old line WASP Mm. membership of the old clubs. Mm -hmm. Um, And do, have you had a chance, you or any of your colleagues, to look into... The Trump property right here in Washington, D.C., the International Hotel. I walked by it uh, yesterday. Yes. So I we, still have not been inside it. It's it's nice. Uh, we've done a lot of reporting on that, and we'll do more. Um, what, we're, what we're finding is, uh, you know, if you go and look at who is doing business there, who's having events, you know, it's not only foreign embassies. I think the Kuwaiti, Kuwaitis held their National Day celebration there. But there's also, you know, uh, trade associations, you know, people who are in town who want to have business with the government. Um, this this Russian uh, Orthodox Church leader that stayed there last week, and I think people are recognizing that if you want to come into town and get an audience with Trump, or you know, get an audience with the Trump administration, it certainly doesn't hurt to be at the Trump Hotel. Right. Um, we I don't think we know overall how its business is doing. I mean, whether it's making more money than it used to, but certainly we're seeing a lot of business with people who want to do business with the government. Right. And if you go there on a Saturday night when he's in town, you might see him. Chances are, if you go to the BLT Steakhouse. He'll be there with, right. with ketchup on his... <laughs> <laughs> on his well-done steak. <laughs> on his well-done steak, right, exactly. Now, you mentioned some of these foreign uh, leaders uh, who might stay there, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a foreign dollar in Donald Trump's pocket. Certainly. So where, whatever happened to the emoluments clause? <laughs> Uh, it's a really good question. So, for listeners who don't know much about emoluments, this is a clause in the Constitution that says that federal. So funny! I never even knew the word existed no, before exactly. Donald Trump. Right. Well, it's right. amazing to me that there are people who spent their whole legal scholars who spent their whole lives studying this clause <laughs> that basically had never been used before. <laughs> right. uh, you and know, now the, this is their moment. Right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so the Constitution says that for, federal officials can't take "quote unquote" emoluments from foreign states. And now there's a debate about what the, the original intent was to basically keep foreign governments from bribing our ambassadors overseas, you know, keep the king of France from giving some jewels to our ambassador. So now, but basically presidents have never gotten close to the line, so we really haven't ever tested what it actually means. So there's a couple of lawsuits against Donald Trump 
basically saying that if Trump's hotels do business with a foreign government, uh, his you know he sells property to, to a foreign government, that counts as an emolument, even if he's giving some, them something of value in return. He's giving them a hotel banquet room or a hotel room or whatever. That it counts as an emolument. The Trump administration's or the Trump lawyer's response has been that and no, that that the the true definition of emolument in this case is just a payment for nothing. Mm. And so as long as yeah. Trump isn't taking oh. a handout for nothing, he's not in violation. Oh, I I, I got it right. So he and he's really. Well, of course, he owns the property. No, he doesn't own the property. He leases the property. Right. That's another whole issue, right? Right. Is the building the... is leased from the U.S. government. Um, so, yes, but he, which he oversees. Now, the GSA, the General Services Administration, which actually owns the building, Trump is both their boss and their tenant. Uh, which is in clear violation of the GSA rules, but nobody's done anything about it. I guess. GSA has apparently decided that's, it's not in yeah, violation. That's separate from the emolument, but it is another so, it is another issue. Just, but, to, just to, to, yeah. to finish answering your question about the emoluments yeah. clause, the, there's been a couple. Of, there's been a lawsuit filed. I was about going to get to that right. um, by uh, this watchdog group called Crew Citizens for Responsibility and Ethics in Washington, and they've now been joined by a couple of uh, a restaurant hotel owner, a person who books guest rooms at hotels. The real problem with that with that case is standing. You have some one of these people who, before they even get the judge to consider whether Trump is violating the emoluments clause, the judge needs to decide that these particular plaintiffs have been injured, sort of specifically in particular by what Trump is doing. And so they're alleging, look, you know, I might have had business from the Kuwaiti embassy or some other embassy, and instead they went to the Trump hotel. I'm injured. Therefore, let's start getting into discovery and asking for Trump's tax returns, things like that. Uh, right. And I just saw, I read in the post, there's a New York hotel. There's uh, some Washington hotels, I yes. guess, or restaurants that have Russian joined. restaurants and a hotel booker here, yes. Yeah. And one in New York now as well. Right. Where, where you know, it seems to me that they'd have a hard time connecting, right? Lost business to I, to to losing business to Trump. What I'm told is apparently you don't need to have, be able to, because none of them can say, listen, I had X business, a specific account, and then they left and went to the Trump hotel, so I'm out this much money. You don't have to, no. They're, they're saying that that could happen in the future. This is sort of a prophylactic thing. I, yeah. I, it, to me, it doesn't seem like that, that's a slam dunk argument, but you hear people on both, legal experts some of them do make the case that this actually might work. Right. Again, it's totally uncharted legal territory. So how big is the investigative uh, re reporting unit at the Washington Post now? I, I know under Jeff Bezos you've been able to expand, add people. It, it's expanding and and, and um, we have expanded and we're going to get bigger. So I'm on a team that looks at Trump's conflicts of interest and the Trump uh, organization. That's seven people. Um, we have an existing investigation staff of, I don't know how many, 10 people, and we're adding uh, what they're calling a rapid response investigations team. It's not just supposed to do Trump. It's going to do all kinds of things. Uh, well, that was my question. How many of that group are, are full-time Trump? Well, they haven't been hired yet, but the idea, I think, is that they're going to be some people who can react quickly to all kinds of things, and maybe it will be Trump stuff in the beginning, but it will outlast the Trump administration, presumably. Is it Donald Trump alone, or is, does it also include Ivanka Trump? We're looking, our team is looking at Ivanka Trump, Jared Kushner, her husband, who also is obviously, they're both uh, White House staffers. Uh, you know, we're looking at the Trump organization, which is run by uh, Eric and Don, who don't have government positions. Um, yes, yeah, the whole family. All right. Which gets to something that, uh, Jamie, the president yesterday in his uh, commencement address at the Coast Guard uh, Academy, and you know who he was talking about when he made this statement. No politician in history. And I say this with great surety, has been treated worse or more unfairly. You can't let them get you down. You know who he's talking about. 
<laughs> He's talking about you, David Farenthold. I don't can't think I can. let them get you down. I don't think I can really take credit for that individually. Uh, but do you think the media has been fair to Donald Trump? Yes, I, I mean the 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 media. I mean, the media writ large is a is a big and and multi right. multifaceted yeah. beast. But you know, I guess I'll speak for us, the Washington Post and newspapers like us. I think we've been very fair to Donald Trump. I mean, I we spend a lot of time trying to give the Trump administration a chance to defend its actions, to explain its actions, just to pick. You know, my what I did last year is kind of old news. So much has happened since then. But yeah, I spent so much time just trying to get the Trump people to to, to answer my question. I'd send them long lists of questions, and I wouldn't even get a no comment. I would get no answer at all. Um, to the point that I started posting my questions on Twitter just so people could see all the different ways I'd give the Trump, given the Trump people a chance to explain themselves. Um, so I think that. You know, we recognize that our credibility and our ability to give, you know, Donald Trump a, a voice in these stories, that's all that we have, right? So we, ha- we have to make sure that Trump has a, has a way of responding. And often they don't or they have responded sometimes in ways that are not truthful. I mean, just to give a sense of, like, the difficulty of covering this administration and is I can think of two or three times in the past week in which something a story is broken. We have written the, the like, staff denial that it happened or the staff pushback. The next morning, Trump comes in and, in a tweet and says, basically, yeah, I did that thing. I think my staff said I didn't do. I did that. Think about, um, let's see, fire. Let's see. Well, the Russian, it, 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 you broke the story of the Russian connection. You not personally. No, the Washington, Washington Post broke that story of, of sharing of the secrets, right? right? And McMaster to us, the national security advisor, uh, said that night, um, I was in the room. It didn't happen, right? It Trump the false. next Dina Powell said Dina Powell, false deputy story. national security advisor said it's false. Um, the next morning, Trump tweets in a way that seems to imply yes, I did it, and I had the right to. You know, he Trump then admits that he did this and sort of takes the narrow issue of was it illegal. And it's not illegal. We said that in the story before. It's not illegal for the president to, you know, the president could stand up in front of the nation and read off the nuclear codes. It wouldn't be illegal. It would be a bad idea. No. And then McMaster's, and I was there at the White House, when McMaster's the day before had said it didn't happen. I was in the room. It didn't happen. The next day he says it's wholly appropriate <laughs> right, right. for him to do what he did. Right. Right. So. Yeah, McMaster is going to be such an interesting figure because, he, you know, he wrote his a lot of his fame justifiably within the army came from having written a book called dereliction of duty in which he criticized <laughs> vietnam era generals for failing to sort of give the unvarnished truth to the politicians so he now has you know put himself in a situation where he may have to do that well let me tell you you have no lack of material <laughs> <laughs> to go after uh if it lasts four years it's going to be uh, one crisis after another for the next four years and i'm so glad we're so glad Uh, I'm grateful that you're there and doing such a great job. Thank you, David. Thank you. David Farenthold, WashingtonPost.com. Have a great day, folks. We'll see you tomorrow. This is The Bill Press Show. The Parting Shot with Bill Press. This is The Bill Press Show. Finally, finally. Finally, maybe we'll get to the bottom of whether or not the Trump administration really did collude with Russians to rig our 2016 presidential election. Yesterday's appointment of former FBI Director Robert Mueller as the special counsel on the Russian connection is a welcome step indeed, even if it took a long time. And it means two things. First, it means that there's somebody above politics and above interference from the Trump White House in charge of this investigation, which is the only way we'll ever get to the truth. I mean, 
we can't really trust Republicans to allow either the House Intelligence Committee or the Senate Intelligence Committee to do a thorough job. And without James Comey there, we can't really trust uh, the FBI investigation either as long as Jeff Sessions is in charge. But we can trust Robert Mueller. Trump can't fire him and Congress can't control him. The second thing it means is that no matter what Donald Trump says, this Russian investigation is a serious matter. It's not a nothing burger. It is not going to go away. And no matter how it turns out, it is not good news. It is bad news for Donald Trump. Think about it, because if there's no actual collusion, at least there are a lot of improper contacts along the way. And if there is proven to be collusion between the Trump team and the Russian government, impeachment hearings will start the very next day. This is The Bill Press Show. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.